Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Work. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Hey, on today's show, I want to take a look at the wide, wide, wide world of real estate. You know, we, we talk on the show about finding financial freedom through rental real estate, be it single family houses or multifamily apartment complexes, or maybe a mix of both. But, but there sure is a lot more out there when it comes to real estate. <clears throat> you know, you hear about flipping houses or wholesaling, tax liens, non-performing or performing notes. Uh, sundry commercial and land plays, I don't know, Airbnb, hotels, all kinds of stuff, right? And, and I mean, the list goes on. But I also want to warn you about something called shiny object syndrome. Look, it's real, and, and it can stop you in your tracks. Look, you've decided, you've been listening to the show now for, I don't know, weeks, months, maybe years, like I did before I got started, and, and you finally, you know, the message has sunk in. This, this rental real estate, it, it does work. It can get you to, to your financial freedom. So you've, you've decided, I'm going to go down that path. But be careful. That shiny object syndrome, it's out there. It's going to distract you, and it, and it kills a lot of fledgling uh, rental investors. So on today's show, I want to talk about that and, and, and talk about some of those other things that are out there, those shiny objects, so you're aware of them. And, and hopefully, hopefully I can inoculate you against that, uh, that syndrome, right? <clears throat> So what is, what, what is shiny object syndrome? Well, I'll tell you what, if, if you have kids or know someone that does and have watched them at any length at all, especially young kids, you, you've definitely encountered this one uh, before. So I went to a friend's house just earlier this week with my family for dinner, and he, he's, I've got a toddler. He, he'll be three uh, in a couple months here, and uh, so a young guy. And he's my friend's got a, a daughter, a little bit older than my son, and you know we we put them in in the the playroom together. My my son hadn't been to this particular house before, and this playroom, man, it's it's wall to wall toys. And as soon as we ushered the kids in there, my my son he just stopped. You know his head kind of swiveled a little to the left, it swiveled back to the right. His eyes got real big, and <laughs> I I thought his head was going to explode. And he just looked up at me with a stupid grin, and then just took off running. You know, he grabbed this, uh, I don't know, it was like a green gorilla or something across the room, petted it, you know, hugged it, maybe held it for 20 seconds, dropped it, and then ran opposite side of the room to the next thing that he saw, some sort of robot or whatever, turned it over for a couple of moments and let it fall and ran across to the other side of the room, picked something else up, and this went on and on until the little kid, he ran himself ragged. That That is shiny object syndrome, right? It's it's distraction. It's It's inability to focus 
right? Um, you know, if you think about it from a from a business point of view, it's it's the inability to finish projects. You know, if you're uh, trying to get started in rental real estate, it's it's a lot of distraction from that wide, wide, wide world of real estate that I mentioned. So you got to be focused. Do I, I do want to talk through some of those other shiny objects that are out there so that you are aware and maybe know some of the benefits and, and some of the pitfalls and some of the downsides so that you can be informed now at your early stage um, and just don't go down that path to begin with, okay? And, and by the way, <clears throat> I do have to make a, a quick mention. Uh, speaking of shiny objects, did, did you hear about the latest company that is moving its headquarters to Texas? This news just came out. Um, McLaren, supercar manufacturer, right? They have their U.S. headquarters at the moment in New York. They are relocating to Coppell, Texas, which is just north of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport uh, in between Dallas and, and Fort Worth. So are they bringing 3,000 jobs like Uber? No, they're not. But I'd say that's a pretty good trophy win for us. Uh, definitely a lot of shiny objects, hopefully seen out and about in, in, in our streets very soon. But um, again, just representative of all the, the motion, all the immigration that we're seeing here to Texas from other parts of the country, uh, both in terms of uh, companies as well as just families moving here. So um, we've we've said it on on multiple shows. It's it's a great time to be investing here in Texas. Whether you're looking at Dallas or Houston, Austin, San Antonio, there's there's just so many people moving here. It's 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 a great time for this for this business. So let's take a look at some of the um, shiny objects that are out there now. When you get started, you 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 think, okay, I want to be a real estate investor. I want to start buying rental rental property. Um, one of the first questions I typically get from new new newbies is is simply, hey, Andy, should I should I get my realtor license first? Do I need that? And as far as investing goes, I would tell you no. Don't 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 do it. Maybe down the line, you know, I got my license probably after five or six years of investing, but I'll tell you that you don't need it. Okay. In fact, it's it's going to be a distraction. You're going to start focusing all the test taking, all the prep that you have to do. That costs a decent amount of money. Could you be a realtor for full time if you are looking for some sort of occupation? Of course you could. Um, but that's a job. You know, it is earned income. And I'll tell you something that my broker that I'm with now told me when I was interviewing brokers, when I had to, you know, in Texas, you have to find someone to hold your license for you. And my broker told me, you know, at the time, 83%, 83% of realtors fail. So if you're looking for an occupation, keep that in mind. You know, maybe that's not you. Um, but that's just one of those things that I do see tends to distract um, new investors or wannabe investors out the gate. I'm going to go buy some rental houses. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get my realtor license first. That takes a lot of time. They get distracted. And before you know it, they're they're just off the rails. And, and that real estate investing, that, that rental house empire that they were dreaming of building has um, just kind of gone, you know, gone, gone up in, in, in smoke. So do you need to be a realtor to be an investor? Absolutely not. In fact, I'd say the, the majority of the folks that I know from, from lifestyles are not, you know, they don't, they don't hold a license. You know, if you're getting into multifamily as a passive investor, of course, you certainly don't need one. So, hey, if you've got any uh, questions for me today, you can email me at askandy at com. Again, that's askandy at luinc.com or give me a call here in the studio. This is a live show. I'd be happy to take your calls and talk with you. My number here is 877-711-5211. Again, that's 
711-5211. And we'll continue here in just a moment and take a look at a couple more of those shiny objects I've got uh, flipping in mind as a big one. Very distracting wholesaling and a couple of others when the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues. Talk 1370, the right choice. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and I'm happy to be with you today. And today we're talking about a, a dangerous syndrome out there. If you're wanting to get started as a rental real estate investor, it's something that can can stop you in your tracks. You won't notice it happening. Um, and it's called shiny object syndrome, and it's it's very easy to fall victim to this uh, this syndrome. And you know, just ahead of the break, I mentioned my my son. We took him to a friend's house, put him in a room full of toys, and he exhibited this this classically. I mean, just couldn't stay focused on any one thing. He just ran from toy to toy and touched everything. Put his you know got his hands into everything pretty much in the room, but never really sat down and 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 focused and you know got good with playing with any one of those particular toys and and that's exactly what I see happen a lot with with newer newer investors maybe you're just starting maybe you've got a couple of rental houses bought and you get distracted right that shiny object pops up on the horizon and it, it gets your attention and you lose focus on what you've been doing and what you should continue to do and become an expert at first right um, and I remember years ago when we were just starting, I, same thing happened here. There was a big uh, real estate expo held uh, in Grapevine, Texas, just down the road here, uh, north of the airport in Dallas. And it was in, in a big hotel. I believe it was at the Gaylord Hotel. And there, there were just a ton and ton of seminars that you could go to. So my wife and I went. We divided and conquered. She went to some handful. I went to the others. And it was stuff talking about, you know, senior assisted uh, living facilities. <laughs> that didn't come out right. Assisted living facilities for seniors, you know, uh, hotel, getting into hotels, uh, buying tax liens. And we were thoroughly distracted for a period of time. Uh, we got a ton of information. There's a lot of stuff you can do in real estate, but uh, my encouragement to you today is to stay focused. Okay, get good at one thing first. And um, if if I had my choice, I would put passive income into place before I start getting distracted by these these other things because it has longer staying power. And I want to talk to you now about flipping because that's what most people think about when they think about real estate investing. But I'll tell you, first of all, it's not investing. It's a job. It's a lot of work. And in fact, the IRS treats it as earned income. So you're going to be taxed at your regular tax rate. So whatever your tax bracket is, I don't know what the brackets are nowadays, but 30, 33% towards the top, I guess, wherever you fall with your income for the year, you're going to be taxed at that rate. Whereas we as investors rental investors rather you know we pay little to no taxes on our on our cash flow each year and when we do divest one of those properties you know we do, we'll do a 1031 into the next one and and pay no you know little to no on 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 that end as well um, and if we do just outright sell a property we pay capital gains taxes which are quite a bit lower 
But back to back to flipping, you know, we're, a lot of people are introduced to this simply through TV. You know, HGTV has done a really good job of getting the the flipper out there, uh, flipper flop, and and all those shows. You know, down in Waco, Magnolia, those guys, and and that's great. I, I appreciate the introduction to to the industry. Um, I think a lot of people do see success there. But again, it it, it is a job, and and you got to remember, when you get a house, you get it fixed up, you get it sold, you pocket that cash. That's a one time event. If you're going to continue to live off of that flipping revenue, well, you got to go out and find another one. And you got to find another one. And I'll tell you what, right now in our market, it's getting tougher, right? Deals are, are, are hard, a little harder to find and margins are getting thinner. And if you're just now getting started, I would say it's a risky market for you to get started as a flipper. You know, the guys that are doing really well right now, they're doing a ton of deals and they run their own crews. They got their stuff run in-house they can keep their margin, you know. They keep their their costs down, as a result. But um, if you're thinking about flipping as a, you know, as as a as a course for you, just be very very careful. Again, margins are are, are very thin. And again, it's not it's not investing. You you're earned, you're earning your income. It it is a job, you know. And it's interesting because I've I've talked to a number of folks through the years, uh, flippers that have become landlords, and and they continue to flip on the side as well. And I hear it from from every single one of them that they wish they'd held on to more houses. They understand once they've gotten into the rental side the power of that passive income, and they just say they say to me every time, "I wish I'd held on to more of those houses, Andy. I see what you're doing. I get it now. But that's you know that's water under the bridge at, at this point. And you got to remember, with rental real estate, we make money five ways. Right? With flipping, just one. With flipping, you're not getting the tax benefits. In fact, you're getting taxed at full earned income uh, levels. There's no monthly cash flow. There's no equity buildup, right? The tenants pay our mortgages as landlords. There's no appreciation. You know, unless you're holding it for a long period of time, then you're doing something wrong. You need to be in and out of those things very quickly. The, the only source of income there is is equity capture. Flippers, good flippers are good at buying right, buying low, selling high, and getting that thing fixed up right. And I'll tell you something else. It, it, it's, it is a risky business, not just because the margins are thin right now, but if you look back to 2008, uh, when the market dropped, a lot, a lot of very experienced investors lost a lot of money. They were, they were, they were left with their pants, you know, caught with their pants down with fair, fairly high-end houses in some cases and, and nowhere, to, nowhere to market them, nowhere to move those. A lot of bankruptcies, a lot of lost money. So I'll tell you, if you are thinking about the flipping route, it's a good idea to buy assets that give you an alternative exit strategy, like renting. If the market does drop and you find out, oh crap, I can't sell this thing, can you rent it? I hope I hope you go into any deal you're doing with that second exit strategy in mind. So that's flipping. What about wholesaling? That's another common entry point for um, for newbies, right? And, and and something I find guys that start out wanting to rent go down the wholesaling path. What What is a wholesaler anyhow? Well, a wholesaler simply is somebody that's doing marketing to um, sellers, homeowners, and they get the house under contract, and then they move that contract to somebody like me. They assign the contract to me for, for a markup, for a fee. Sometimes they'll close on the house, actually take ownership, <clears throat> and then sell that on the same day. Um, that's less common. That takes some money. The, the benefit to, to wholesaling is that, you know, why would you do it? it, it it's a good way to generate capital with, with very low cash up front. 
right? You don't have to have a lot of money to, to drive around and look for those houses with the busted windows and go talk to the owners and get a contract. You know, you, you can do it. It has a fairly low barrier to entry. But I'll tell you as well, if you are a landlord like me and you're looking at wholesale deals all the time, be careful because that low barrier to entry allows a lot of people into the game that really don't know what they're doing. So be careful with those wholesalers. I've said it on other shows, handle with care. And I'll tell you, the, the really good wholesalers, the guys that are actually making a business out of that, and that's the other thing, it's not investing, it is a business, it is treated as earned income. They're spending thousands, 20,000, 30,000 or more uh, dollars in, in marketing per month to take down a number of deals. I mean, they're making their profit back, obviously, but um, to really scale it, to really make it run effectively, uh, it is a business, it is earned income, but you're going to have to actually spend some money. So, hey, if you want to learn about Lifestyles Unlimited and rental real estate and our mentoring programs, call us at 866-945-6565. That's 866-945-6565. Or go to lifestylesunlimited.com and, and register for our free workshop. We've got those going on across Texas. Let's see. We've got them coming up this next week in Austin on Tuesday, in Houston on Thursday, and here in the Dallas area in Plano on, on Saturday. So I'd encourage you to come out and take a look and, and learn a little bit more about our, our, our passive investing model. Stay away from this earned income stuff. And uh, when we come back, I do want to get into some aspects of real estate that do have a little bit more of a passive flair uh, when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Talk 13-7, the right choice. We are back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and today we've been working on your financial freedom by talking about some of the wider aspects of, of real estate in, in general. Now, I don't say real estate investing because some of the oh, activities that people take up within that uh, or under that real estate umbrella aren't aren't really investing. And, and we've talked about three of those already. We looked at, you know, getting your realtor hat, you know, getting your realtor badge and, and, and getting out in, in the market that way. It's a job. You know, do you need to get a, a license in order to become an investor? Absolutely not. In fact, I didn't mention this, but it, there, there's almost a little bit of liability that comes with getting your license, especially if you're working directly with sellers. Because as a realtor, you're expected to, to hold a, a higher ethical standard. Uh, you need to be forthcoming. There's a lot of disclosures. There's a lot of paperwork uh, that goes with wearing that hat. So I, I would tell you if you're getting started, actually go the other direction. Find a realtor. We want you to use other people's time. We talk about that all the time in the show. And, and, and the best way to do that is have, another, have someone else that is a realtor do that work for you. Or have several, right? I personally use the Lifestyles Realty team as much as I can. Right, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for years. They do it for thousands of investors. They, they look at thousands of deals. They, they have the experience that that I want. But it's a job, right? So it's not, it's not, it doesn't fall into that investing category. We talked about flipping, and and we started to talk about wholesaling as well. And those are, you know, taxed at earned income uh, rates uh, per the IRS. Those those are jobs as well. You work and you work and you work. You take down a deal. You fix it up. You flip it. You sell it. You collect the revenue. That's it. You got you to wash, rinse, and repeat. And the same goes for wholesaling. Now, wholesaling, typically, you're, you're going to be collecting a little less uh, in your pocket. It varies. It varies by wholesale, I suppose. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I love wholesalers. You know, they, they, they work their tails off to find property for guys like me. 
and and I've bought more than half my my houses from from wholesalers over the years. You know, just find find the good ones that are out there, and 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 they 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 are out there. You know, so again, those first three activities within the the real estate or under the real estate umbrella, those that's that's not investing. Those are all forms of jobs in in, in one way or or another. Um, and I'll tell you, when you are getting started, it, it it is difficult. The shiny objects they're all over the place, and this is a people business. You have to get out in the in the in your market. You have to go out to networking events. You have to meet people, and part of that is you're, you're going to go to events. You're going to go to meetups. You're going to go to places where there are speakers, and they're going to talk to you about things that are different from what you're trying to do. If you're trying to become a rental real estate investor like I am, you might wind up sitting in a, in a room listening to some guy talking about tax liens. Listen to it. Get informed. Understand what it is. Understand that might be something to take on down the line, but don't get distracted. Stay focused, okay? And we'll talk later in the show, uh, in the last segment, about some some tactics, I guess, to uh, to help you keep your focus so you don't get distracted by uh, shiny object syndrome. Now, I do want to move on to a couple of items um, that are a little bit more passive. And there's often quite a big debate within the investor community here in North Texas that I that I listen to from time to time between doing rentals, owning rentals like I do, and going the owner finance route. And there are two sides of the owner finance coin. You can acquire property from somebody by having that owner act as the bank and finance that property to you. That's not what I'm talking about here. We've we've picked up at least one property that way. It's a great way to go about it, you know. Good for me, good for you. You, If it's a landlord that doesn't quite want to give up their cash flow, well, they get a little bit more cash flow from you. Right. If you pick up that property from from them, what I'm talking about is the other side of the coin, though. You own a property. And you find a buyer. That maybe has bad credit, can't get a bank loan, has some down payment, but not enough to buy the house outright. And you act as the bank. You are the owner. You finance to the new buyer. Right. It, it, It is more passive than than, say, wholesaling or or flipping. You are the bank. You own the asset. You sell it as the bank. That's one one way to do it. There's another way that I'm not going to get into here called subject to where you're picking up a house from somebody else. You take the deed. They hold the mortgage still. You pay that mortgage and you wrap another note around it and move it to another owner. Uh, it gets a little sketchy if you ask me, but um, just from the owner finance perspective where you own it and you are the bank, you know, one of the one of the benefits, one of the arguments you'll hear when people discuss rentals versus owner finance is the maintenance that's involved. You know, that's the purported benefit, the big one for doing owner finance. Well, you've sold the house. It now belongs to Joe. If the AC breaks, Joe's responsible for fixing that up. But you got to remember, if you follow the lifestyles model, we talk about best product, best price, then you're going to fix everything during the rehab stage. So you're going to have little maintenance anyhow. It's not really an argument in my view. Now, another benefit to owner finance is typically because the folks that you're working with have poor credit, maybe they're a little less informed, you're able to sell above market. You may be able to mark that property up 5K, 10K, something like that, because guess what? You're not ordering an appraisal. You are the bank. You are in control. But I got to tell you, there's some risk there. Who are you selling to? Folks with bad credit. Hmm. What could go wrong? Well, what could go wrong? You may wind up having to foreclose on that house. Oh, and back to that maintenance. Well, what happens? Any foreclosure I've been in, have they been doing maintenance on top of not paying their 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 monthly mortgage? No, they have not. 
If you don't have the money to make your, your monthly payment, you're probably not taking care of that broken window, repairing that roof because you don't want to come out for the, the deductible out of pocket and so on. So yeah, that's a big risk. So let's say you do have to foreclose. You take back the house. Well, they haven't been taking care of it. Now you've got to come out of pocket to fix the darn thing back up and sell it again. And I'll tell you, a big downside from my point of view is that there's simply no tax benefits. In fact, that interest that you're taking in as income is treated as earned income, so you're going to be paying regular tax rates. And what's more is you don't enjoy the appreciation. And if you've been a landlord in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, in Houston, in Austin, in San Antonio, or elsewhere in the country in the last decade, you have seen some appreciation, haven't you? You sure have. Those owner finance guys, they haven't enjoyed that. Another thing with owner finance is when you when you put a note on the property, whatever the, the term is, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, over time, your income is actually declining, right? Think about your own mortgage payment. Every time you make a payment, the, the payment that goes towards your equity goes up, the payment that goes towards uh, interest goes down from month to month. So you've got a declining asset in, in that sense. So as the loan amortizes, your, your monthly cash flow is going to go down. You know, Our rentals go the other way. Our rents tend to go up. As inflation comes down the pike, our rents tend to go up. So again, be careful. Owner finance, it's a little more passive. You hand off the, the house. You expect Joe to take care of it. He makes you those payments every month. You're not really doing anything. That maintenance aspect, I get that argument, but I think there's some risk there. So uh, be careful. But again, other side of the coin, if you can get a deal, if you can buy a deal, owner finance, that's definitely some opportunity there. Now, I want to move into another segment, which is notes, both performing and non-performing. And I will tell you, if you do sell a deal, owner finance, you've got a note. If you need liquidity, you can sell that note. And there are a lot of investors out there that that's what they do. They buy notes. Now, they're going to buy them at a discount. You're not, you're not going to get the full face value of that note. But that gives you a little bit of flexibility. That note is an asset. So you may not own the house any longer, which is the asset I prefer to hold. Now you've got that note, it is an asset, and, and you can leverage that. You can sell a part of it, you can sell the whole thing, you can, you can do a lot with that. Hey, if you're too busy to ask a question about today's topic, you can email me anytime. Email is askandy at luinc.com. Again, that's askandy at luinc.com. Uh, this is a live show. You can call me at the studio. The number here is 877-711-5211. Again, that's 877 877- 7-11-50-11. And we're going to wrap up the show here in just a second. I want to hit a, a listener email that I got in. Um, I'll touch very briefly on tax liens. I think it's an interesting one. Um, and then I want to talk about how to avoid this dadgum shiny object object syndrome in the first place. Right? I want you to stay focused. I want you to have a plan. I want you to follow through on that plan. And, and again, put your blinders on for all intents and purposes, right? But we're going to talk about uh, the best way to do that. And if you are interested in learning more about Lifestyles Unlimited and the real estate education and mentoring programs, you can check us out at lifestylesunlimited.com and uh, register for our free workshop. Talk 1370, the right choice. back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and today we've been working on your financial freedom by helping you steer clear of some of those shiny objects that are out there in the real estate world, whether it's uh, thinking about getting your realtor license and starting to invest. Well, maybe focus on the investing first. And when, when I say investing, I mean uh, investing in rental real estate. 
Uh, I don't mean flipping. It's not that's not investing. I don't mean wholesaling. That's not investing. Those those are jobs. You know, you're going to work. You're going to work hard for the money you make there. I'll I'll tell you that. Um, and we talked a little bit just ahead of the break about um, owner finance, which it, you're getting more into the passive end of things there. Um, and I know a lot of folks that do owner finance, but uh, I just enjoy the tax benefits that I get out of my rental property. I, I enjoy the appreciation that we've been seeing over the you know, the past number of years, the equity buildup that we're getting as the tenant pays down the mortgage for us. And and really, when you're owning that sort of asset, sure, that note that you've put on your, your owner finance deal, it's an asset that you can you can leverage, you can sell. Um, but with the house, I can do a whole lot more. You know, I can sell it, do a 1031 into the next couple or whatever I want to do, get into a small multifamily, something like that. Or I may want to just do a refi, cash out refi. That's taking money off the table, putting it back in my pocket, totally tax-free. And again, going back to that appreciation that we've seen, if you started investing in, in 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, 13, you've, you've, you've felt the impact of that. And I'll, and I'll tell you, now's a good time to go ahead and start pulling that money out. We are in that process now. We're closing on a refi next week, in fact. And uh, the rates are phenomenal. You're going to lock in a great term for 30 years, or a great rate for 30 years, I mean, if you want to go 30 years. And uh, it's just a good time to pull that cash out. And again, it's tax-free. So now I can go play with that money, get some more assets, uh, put those into play. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I do want to address one, actually, to that topic, uh, an email I got from, let's see, where is it, from Rav. And he was asking, you know, if a person has close to 50K to invest, what's the best recommendation to invest and earn a minimum 4000 per month? You know, single family, multifamily, you know, what's the best route to go? First of all, it's going to take you a little bit to get to that 4000 per month. Um, if you do the math on that, that's 48K per year divided by the 50 that you put in. That's 100% return, you know, cash flow wise that you're going to take some time to build up to that. But I think the single family is the way to go. You know, get in, get into a number of houses with that, with those funds, sit on them for, you know, a number of years, three years, maybe five, get that appreciation, get that equity build up. That's what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited, and, and then get them get them sold, 1031 into your next set of assets, a bigger pot, basically. You've increased your cash flow. You've increased your asset base. So now you've got appreciation going across 10 assets, let's say, instead of five. Wash, rinse, and repeat, right? Every every two, three, five years, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like a slow flip. We go into some disaster houses, and, uh, you know, we fix them up. We make them look great. We get tenants in there, and, and we do sell them, right, down the line. Maybe two years, maybe three years, whatever your your, your particular strategy is. And, and by doing so, you're, you're capturing that, that, that equity that a flipper would as well, but you're doing it with a little bit of a delay. You've collected some rents in the meantime, and you're avoiding that earned income tax rate. You're now, now taxed at capital gains or or you're, you're doing a 1031. So let's take a quick note. So I mentioned uh, I mentioned notes. Uh, you can buy notes, performing or non-performing, um, and that's passive as well, until the note goes bad, right? There's your risk, um, and then you're gonna have to foreclose. Now, I do know a guy, Wayne, he got started actually with Lifestyles Unlimited. I, I believe he still owns some of his single family houses that he picked up uh, uh, with Lifestyles, but he's gone on to build a note buying business. That's what he does now. But here's the thing, Wayne, he focused. He, he stayed on one track. He got good at single family investing, right, rentals, and eventually shifted gears and added to his 
portfolio of activities. And now he picks up, he, he buys notes and occasionally they do foreclose, but with his experience as a single family landlord, he knows how to go in and fix up those, those houses because typically again, with the foreclosure, you've got a lot of work to do to bring that thing back, uh, back up to rent ready or saleable status, but he knows how to do it because he did it with Lifestyles Unlimited for a number of years. So uh, he's moved on to, to, to you know, adding that note buying business to his portfolio and he's, he's doing great. And, and tax liens is another way to get into to properties. You know, it's a little bit, it can get a little bit hairy as well. And, and what a tax lien is basically, and, and every, you know, every state has a slightly different approach to this. So if you're not in Texas listening at the moment, you'll want to do some research, of course. But, um, you know, basically when a property owner falls behind on their property taxes, the municipality at some point is going to put a lien on that property because they need to collect their money. And, and you homeowner are not sure as heck not going to sell that property till you've paid your taxes. And at some point that lien can be sold, right? Or, or the house may simply be foreclosed on, right? And, you know, in Texas, you know, they'll try to collect the money, but at some point you're going to go to a sheriff's sale. So I'm, I'm in Denton County. I'm north of Dallas. And I've gone to the Denton County Courthouse just to kind of see what's going on. There's that shiny object syndrome, right, getting into play. But, you know, a lot of people do buy at the courthouse steps. And uh, there are two types of sales there. They're the foreclosure sales, which is where the banks are, are getting rid of those properties that are non-performing. And then there's a sheriff's sale, which is where these uh, tax liens tend to be sold. There's a little risk with tax liens, too, though, because in Texas, you've got a right of redemption as a homeowner. And it's a very long right of redemption. In fact, it's two years. So if I've not been paying my property taxes and, and the municipality goes ahead and forecloses on me and the investor down the road buys my house, if at some point I get my funds together to pay, finally pay off those, those taxes and, and sundry uh, penalties and whatnot, um, I can redeem my house. I can get it back. And I have two years to do that. Now, there's a good interest play in there in the meantime. If I redeem the house within the first year, I got to pay a 25% uh, interest rate to the to the, the the buyer of that that lien if we go into the second year it becomes 50 percent um so it's pretty steep uh but i or you as the investor that's picked up this lien you have to be careful because if you go in and make improvements to that property because you think you want to rent it out and the original homeowner comes along and actually redeems it you're not going to get those funds back so handle with care i think there's some opportunity there you can pick up some discounted properties for sure but you really really need to know what you're doing and here again much like uh wayne i would say get started in rental real estate first for sundry reasons there there, there are sundry reasons why you want to do that build up that passive income first then you've got your income to live with live on you've got other money coming in from your passive cash flow that you can play with to, to maybe try out these other things but get that experience as a rental landlord as a rental owner first you know, there's nothing wrong with any of these things that I've been talking about, but the, the, the key message for you is that be careful as you're getting started as a newer investor, because like I said, you will go out to networking events and you'll start to hear about all these things that all these other people are doing and you're going to get distracted and you're going to lose focus. And I don't want you to lose focus. I want you to stay on track and get that first rental house and then get the next one and build up that portfolio. Uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, he, he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert, right? It takes 10,000 hours to, to find success in any field. And he says it's simply a matter of practicing a specific task that can be accomplished with 20 hours of work a week for 10 years. Now, I don't want to do this for 10 years before maybe I try something else out. 
Um, but the, the general message is you do need to stay focused and you do need to stay committed. And on that topic of committed, um, I'll tell you, there was a really great show that Dell did uh, back in May. Uh, the title of the show is Commit to Passive Income. And, and he talked specifically about this, that you do need to be focused, right? That you do need to make a commitment, right? So I want you to check that show out. If you go to the Lifestyles Unlimited uh, uh, website, lifestylesunlimited.com, <clears throat> click on the radio tab. And if you scroll back, the show was on May 30th. And again, it was, it was a great show. Um, and I think you'll understand what I'm talking about as far as, you know, committing setting goals right that's another part of it is make sure you do set goals if, if you have this kind of nebulous thought i'd like to get into real estate i'd like to own some rental property that's too unfocused you want to sit down and actually make a plan set those goals well how many are you buying what part of town over what time frame and then every month every quarter you can look back and see how you're performing and if you've got those goals out you're going to do a better job of steering and going forward you're going to do a better job of putting those blinders on when it comes to these shiny objects that we're talking about today. And finally, I'll tell you, follow a mentor. Find a mentor that's doing what you want to do. And follow them. Work with them. Learn from them. Find one that's laser focused. Don't find one that's doing a little bit of dabbling here in rentals and doing a little bit of dabbling here in tax liens and oh, I'm going to go flip this house. You're going to be distracted just like they are. And I'll tell you what, Dell, he's been doing this for 30, 30 plus years. He has focus. Single family houses, multifamily apartments. He moved from single family to multifamily, but he's been in that rental, uh, residential rental game for, for 30 plus years. And Lifestyles itself has been around for what, 29 years now? I mean, that is focus. That is continuity. That is staying power. That's the kind of mentor that you want on your side to help you get started with rental real estate, single family, multifamily, whichever, whichever, whichever those two paths you're, you're interested in. Um, but that's the mentor that you need on your team to, uh, get, to, get you, to get you started and get you down that path to financial freedom. So if you're interested, I want you to come check out the free workshop. We've got those going, around, uh, going on around Texas. Uh, I mentioned a couple already, Austin, Houston, Plano coming up next week. Uh, the week of the 17th. Uh, we've also got another one in Dallas on the 26th and San Antonio on the 26th, also in the evening, and then in the Woodlands, uh, September 28th. That's a Saturday. Uh, outside of Texas, look, we're not just in Texas. We're, we're in Phoenix. We're opening an office there. Uh, we've got a, a free workshop going on there on the 5th of October, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, on the 12th, Miami, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Jacksonville, Denver, so go out to our website, go, go out to lifestylesunlimited.com and uh, see where the nearest workshop uh, to you will be hosted here in the, in the near term and, and get signed up. Uh, you can do that at lifestylesunlimited.com or give us a call at 866-945-6565. Again, that's 866-945-6565 and you'll get a hold of one of our uh, membership services folks and they can get you signed up. And you can find us on the air every day of the week. I mentioned the podcast Dell did back in May, May 30th. Go, go give that a listen and, and enjoy our podcast anytime at lifestylesunlimited.com. Just click on the radio tab. This is Andy Webb, and I thank you for listening today. And I look forward to talking with you again soon on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. And remember, it's not the money. It's all about the lifestyle. You have a good day.
Thanks for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, investing, or tax advice. Results may vary. Always consult a professional before making any financial decisions. If you'd like to find out more about the mentoring available at Lifestyles Unlimited, please visit them online at lifestylesunlimited.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.